This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. And I'm Mashi Lipsker. And a guten Erev Shabbos to you all. The Shabbos after the Shabbos project. A Shabbos, please God, where we take all the inspiration of last week and plow it into this week. Where last week isn't just an isolated celebration, but very much like a wedding. We have something of a fanfare, and then we settle down to daily life. And we settle down to use all the gifts we were given, to use the reason we got married in the first place, and that is to establish a home and a family where there's an awareness and a connection with Hashem. To establish a home in which the most wonderful manifestations of Hashem's kindness, love, of Hashem's glory is manifest in our daily lives. And the days are getting longer. The days are in South Africa going towards summer. And Shabbos candles will be lit at 6.08 today. Wow. We're racing toward the longer days now. And Shabbos will be over tomorrow night at 7.03. Why don't you phone someone today and invite them to enjoy the spirit of Shabbos, particularly the wonderful mitzvah of lighting Shabbos candles. But Shabbos in this country is personified by the great Friday night. Where are you going for Friday night? Where are you going for Shabbos often means where are you going for Friday night? And going for Friday night doesn't mean to shul. It doesn't mean anything except where are you going to have Shabbos dinner? Where are you going to eat the sauda? There's a pride. There's a focus. Our Jewish customs, our Jewish laws are held onto, nurtured, and they are passed down from generation to generation. And we have a wonderful parsha this week, the fourth, in the book of Breshit, the book of Genesis. And it's a parsha that has the name Vayera. Vayera means, and he appeared. And that word Vayera shares a root, obviously, with the word Re'iyah, to see. And we have that word repeated at pivotal moments in the Parsha where somebody was able to see the other, see the needs of the other, put themselves aside, put their feelings aside, and do the right thing. And so the Parsha really, it starts actually by bringing us into the tent or the home of Avraham. Last week's Parsha, we kind of traveled with Avraham. He left the land of his birth, etc. He left the home of his father. And he traveled, and then he had to go down to Egypt, and he had battles to do. And ultimately, the Parsha ends with the incredible concept that Avraham, at the age of 99, circumcised himself. 
This week's Parsha, although it might seem to be a continuation of the saga, the story, another Parsha dedicated to the life of Avraham and Sarah, the travels, their work in the world, is a separate Parsha. And it's a separate Parsha because it takes place after the events at the end of last week's Parsha. And the events of last week's Parsha, the Parsha ends with Avraham listening to God's command to circumcise himself at the age of 99. We'll be right back after this short break. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. I'm Mashi Lipsker, and I'm with you here on Chai FM on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayera. And the Parsha begins with Avraham sitting at the doorway of his tent on the third day after having circumcised himself. On the third day of having done one of the 613 mitzvot, not because he thought of it, but because Hashem asked him to do it. And you know, when somebody asks you to do something, all kinds of things come into play. Do I really need to do this? Haven't I done enough? Avraham was 99 years old. He had worked on himself, refined himself. He was nearly perfect. And Hashem came along and gave him a mitzvah. And this mitzvah actually raised him to a level way beyond what he was before and way beyond what he could have reached on his own. And Avraham is now sitting, a totally new being. When one submits to what Hashem wants and does it with a whole heart, we totally gain. We get a gift from above. And Avraham is now sitting at the doorway of his tent doing what he always did. What did he always do? He always showed concern for people. And one might say, but he's in pain. It's the third day after surgery. And he's an old man. And he was in pain. Nevertheless, despite having lived a life of service to others, despite the fact that he was 99 years old, the third day after his bris, Abraham is a man of action. He is sitting at the doorway of his tent, waiting. Maybe one person is going to pass by and he can feed him. He can give him to eat and to drink and get him to bless the one who created the food, which was Avraham's style. Avraham and Sarah had this incredible, incredible hospitality. They would set up their tent in the middle of the desert where wayfarers needed the drink. They needed the food. And there they would get the freshest of bread, of meat, of wine, the best, not the freshest wine, wonderful old wine. And then they would sit with the people. They would hear their story. They would give them support and encouragement. People got a really wonderful one-stop fill-up, emotional support, a listening ear. They got the warmth. And when it was time to leave, and they would ask for the accounts, all Avraham and Sarah wanted was that they bless the one by whose word the world was created. 
So he's sitting there at the doorway of his tent. Maybe somebody's going to pass by. Maybe he can extend his classic chesed to someone. Of course, it teaches us that even if we have spent years being warm to people or bringing people close to their Father in Heaven, and we've already seen tremendous results. Many, many people have been warmed, have come to Yiddishkeit through us. We cannot think that we can stop. We can't stop for a minute. We cannot rest, as it were, even a little bit from our work. Even after 99 years of being busy with this type of thing, being busy with the other, God's will is that we continue to work and to work with great, great energy. Just to look, maybe there's one more person that I can bring closer and connect to our Father in Heaven. This was the mantra of our Rebbe. This is what the Rebbe did with all his energy, with every fiber of his being, and that is the message that he passed on to us. He saw it in the Torah, in the Parsha. He saw it in our great patriarch Abraham. And then he drew our attention to how Abraham did this mitzvah of hospitality. Abraham Avinu, at the beginning of the Parsha, has a visitor. Hashem himself has come to visit Avraham to ask how he's feeling on the third day of the bris. And then Avraham lifts his eyes. He's sitting with Hashem. And he sees three people standing there. In other words, he's with Hashem and he leaves Hashem. He says, Hashem, will you please wait a minute? And he runs to greet them in order to extend to them hospitality and to give them all their needs. That story, that Avraham can leave Hashem and turn to actually extend hospitality to these mortals in order to give them just some food and that they rest under the tree. From this our sages learn, that extending hospitality to others is greater than receiving, than being hospitable, as it were, to Hashem Himself. Of course, immediately we ask the question, they weren't people. They didn't need the food. So was he right in leaving Hashem? He leaves the Shekhinah, God's presence, for guests who look like people, but angels don't eat. They were actually angels. Nevertheless, our sages teach us from Avraham's actions that to welcome guests or to receive guests is more special. It's greater than receiving the Shekhinah. So wait a minute. These people didn't need hospitality. They were angels. And then the Rebbe points out that in the same place where our sages tell us that it's greater to welcome guests than to welcome or to receive the the countenance of God's presence, and he writes, Schar Halavia, 
he says the reward that we get for actually escorting that guest after he has eaten and drunk, after he has been in our house, that's greater than everything. In other words, he writes, it's greater to escort them than to bring them in. Wow. It's so great. Hospitality is so great. It's greater than seeing to the Shrina, dealing, as it were, with our own spirituality. But the greatest thing of all is that when the guests leave, or when they left, Avraham escorted them. That was greater than his welcoming them. Amazing thing. Our sages say if you don't escort the person, it's like you embarrass the person. What is that all about? So the Rebbe points out that when I do someone a favor, I'm helping him. There's two aspects here. Number one, I'm giving him something. He has needs, and I'm giving him what he needs. And it's a wonderful thing. I'm able to give somebody something. I'm able to fill him up. Of course, there's the other part. I'm doing chesed. I'm doing kindness. And I'm extending to him my loving kindness. So there's him and there's me. There's two of us over here. Obviously, if I have a guest in my home, he eats, he drinks, he fills up. And me, the host, I have a big mitzvah. I'm interested in his needs. He sees the attention. He sees that I'm helping him, etc. It's such an interesting thing. The giver and the receiver. The main thing, actually, the bottom line is that he gets what he needs. You know, we love being kind. We love, we feel good when we've done a mitzvah. We feel good when we've helped someone in need. We feel so good when we send a nice what's up. And we feel good. We did something and we know we sent light, love, goodness in someone's direction. But the bottom line is, did the person get what he needs? Amazingly, we are creatures of kindness. Essentially, we love to give. Hashem created the world with chesed. We love to emulate Him. My work in this world is to give. But I and my friend are two separate things. Our sages tell us that if a coin falls out of my pocket, if I lose some money, I may not even be aware that I lost the money. And a poor man finds the money and he picks it up and it means so much to him. And he's able to do what he needs and get what he needs. I have the full mitzvah. There's been no chesed on my part. I haven't extended myself to him. I don't even know him. I don't even know that I lost the coin or the money. Or sometimes I lose money and I know that I lost it. I don't know where. I don't know who found it. So I'm in pain over that. Nevertheless, if a poor man finds it, 
I am credited with the entire mitzvah. In other words, I've had no benefit, as it were, that I know about. I haven't seen the smile that I get in return. I haven't felt that warm feeling of seeing my message has been delivered, received, read. Aha! But that lost coin or that lost money or something that takes something away from me that I don't even know that someone got it, I have the full mitzvah. Hospitality is very unique. The main thing is that the guest feels filled up. My warmth, my joy at being able to host him, my care, my attention, my involvement, the privilege I feel. That's what actually makes hospitality what it should be. I may not have much to give. I may not be a fancy hostess. I may not know how to cook. I may not know how to set a fancy table. But what I need to extend to the guest is warmth. That's the true hospitality. More than anything, the guest has to feel my warmth. That's Hachnosasorchim. The warm feeling I give to my guest. That's Hachnosasorchim. And that is what he takes with him. It's not just a full tummy. It's not just a lovely evening. Those things will fade. But the warmth, the care, me extending myself to him, that he takes with him. That accompanies him. That's what, that's the levia. It goes with him. He's already eaten. He's already drunk. My home has given him plenty. He has been in Avraham Avinu's tent. Avraham and Sarah would sit with the guests, listen to them, talk to them, bring them food, serve them. But Avraham Avinu also would walk with the guest, and here he accompanied the angels. He walked them out. That means he went with them when they left. They took what he gave them with them, and they benefited from it even after they had left his tent. Your guest has already eaten and drunk. You don't owe him anything else. But what does he take with him? It's that wonderful feeling that I gave him, how wonderful. He gave me a favor. He did me a toiva that we were together. He was so welcome. He's so dear to me. That feeling goes with him. It's not the physical food. It's not what I fed or how I presented it, what I gave, but the inner feeling, that great joy that I felt, the connection the smile with which I gave whatever it was, the interest in his needs. And that Avraham Avinu did completely, even to the Malachim, even to those who were not human. He gave them the feeling 
that they were important, and he wanted to give them anything he could possibly give them. So Hashem was with him. The parsha's Vayera, God appeared to him. Avraham looked up Vayar, and he saw there were three people or three beings who needed him. Even before he served them, he saw them. The Torah doesn't give us extra words. What does it mean to see the other? You see what they need. You see that they're there. You see that there's someone that Hashem has brought into your space and you have to ask yourself, why did Hashem bring that person to me? And everything in the Parsha is really about balance between heaven and earth. Last week's Parsha, Avraham physically circumcised himself to follow the mitzvah of Hashem. To take himself to another level wasn't the point. The point was he wanted to listen to Hashem. And in this week's parsha, he's able to bring a message to his children, that's us, and to the world of how you live a balanced life in your home. The balance between heaven and earth. The balance between your own spiritual service, as it were, between man and God and your obligations between man and man. And where does it manifest most? In the home. And who is raised in the home? The children. We'll be right back after this short break. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. In a good nerve Shabbos, I'm Mashi Lipsker. The days are getting longer. The nights are getting shorter. We'll be lighting candles in Mitzvah at 6.08 today. Phone a friend. Extend to them an invitation to also light Shabbos candles in the right time with the right brocha and to pray afterwards for their heart's desires for goodness to be fulfilled. There is so much chesed that is waiting to be done. There is so much we can do to make people feel good. Extend to them something of practical physical hospitality. But then there's also this idea that through the hospitality, as it were, for them to be able to share what inspires us, we shouldn't just keep our inspiration for ourselves. The chesed that God did for us by allowing us to be inspired whether it's the home we were raised in, the school we went to, the people we've met, a special Baba, a special Zayda, whatever that was. It was a chesed that God did for us. And he's yearning for us to pass that on to others. It really is about balance. In fact, after the angels left Avraham, he accompanied them, which means He gave them something to take with them. We have the story of Hashem wanting to destroy Sodom. The angel said, we are about to destroy this place, for the outcry before God has increased, and God has sent us to destroy it. And Avraham 
the man of Chesed, he actually prayed for them. He actually stood up and begged Hashem until he saw there was no point. So many passages in the Torah describing. Avram says, but if you will find ten people, if you will find just a minion in every city, 50 people. We need to understand, from a Hasidic point of view, and the Rebbe points out, how did the people of Sodom become so wicked that they didn't want to share with anybody? And the Rebbe says an amazing thing. He says the wickedness of Sodom and the neighboring cities was a misguided overreaction to the flood of Noah. Why had the generation of the flood been wiped out? Chiefly because they practiced robbery and they condoned robbery, which is what? You forcefully take somebody else's property. Somebody goes and unjustly takes away something from someone else. The residents of Stone were very aware of this. And what they did, they declared private property absolutely belonged to someone. Your rights for something that you own are absolute. And that's why they declared that charity and hospitality are not correct, because it's like you're using somebody else's possessions. And they actually outlawed it. It was against the law to give anything to others. It was misguided and out of balance. Initially, the way they started, it seemed to have a good premise that it was based on. But in their zeal, the people of Sodom didn't realize that it's just as destructive to keep things back from those who need as it is to condone stealing and robbery. What is the purpose of the world? The world needs to be God's true home. It cannot fulfill its purpose if we can't get along with one another, if we can't feel for the other, if we can't extend ourselves to the other. When God sees us acting kindly with one another, it brings him close. He cannot bear to be in our presence when we are harsh with one another. He cannot bear to be around when we don't emulate his chesed, his kindness. And when we do, he's there in a minute. He loves being with us when we are kind to others. Unfortunately, in the parsha, Sodom and the neighboring cities had to be eliminated, exactly like the generation of Noah, the generation of the flood. But interestingly, our sages tell us, since their intentions, although they were quite warped, came from a desire to do the right thing, we're told that in the time of Mashiach, those five cities, those cities that were destroyed are going to be reinstated. But what can we learn from this? The Rebbe points out, we can learn from this, that our challenge is to find proper balance, not to live a life of extremes. It's not about hiding away and meditating, studying and developing ourselves. Neither is it about never 
studying, never really getting guidance. And so it is with our children. We have a piece in the Parsha this week where Sarah finally has a son. And not so long afterwards, Sarah sees her son being possibly influenced by his big brother. And Sarah says to Avraham, this child cannot be in the same space as my child. I need my son Yitzchak, who's going to be the father of the nation, the first person ever born as a Jew, to be protected totally, certainly in his impressionable years. And I am the mother. We find that the operative word there is Vatere Sora, and Sora saw the son of Hagar the Mitzri, and he was Mitzachek. He was doing something that was not proper. And our sages tell us various things that it could be. What does it mean she saw? She was a mother with open eyes. Here she was, hosting people on the day that that Avraham circumcised his son. She hosted queens and princesses. She was there for them. She actually nursed their babies. She gave all their babies to drink. It wasn't that they lived sheltered. It wasn't that they lived away from people. But she kept a watchful eye. And just as the Parshas called Vayera and he appeared... And one of the first words that we find is Vayar and he saw. Avraham kept an eye out for the world, for his job in this world, even when he was busy with the Shechina itself. And Sarah, she's raising her child, Vatera Sarah. Sarah sees what's going on. And Sarah is the partner of Avraham, she too is the epitome of chesed, loving kindness. Nevertheless, she goes against her nature. Her nature is to give, to feed, to nurture, to listen, to be kind. But when it comes to the upbringing of her son, Sarah is able to pull gvura. She's able to pull as well boundaries, limitations. And so she turns to Avraham and says, You must send them away. This maidservant and her son must not be here as we're trying to raise our very special son. How many of us, as people, as parents, see? How many of us understand that, yes, if God shows it to me, it's my business? How many of us can see the other? If we walk in the dark, we are sure to be slow, to stumble, to fall, God forbid. Success can only come if we see where we're headed. Where are we headed as parents, as people, at work, at school, at home, in God's world?
We need to ask ourselves, do I have the balance? Can I, on the one hand, be taking care of God and his world and showing chesed and caring about other people, but at the same time not allowing those influences to affect my son, my child. Our home needs to be a safe and secure place. Our home needs to be the place where God feels comfortable. Of course, everybody says, I want my kids to have the best. And intention is important. But without seeing what's going on, we cannot find balance. We will stumble, and they will stumble after us. We will, God forbid, fall and bring them down as well. We can only have balance if we truly see. Avraham saw. What did he see? As we find in last week's parasha, wherever he traveled, he saw that God and the world are one thing. It says, Wherever he went, he called in the name of God. He proclaimed God as Kel Olam. He is the God of the world. But it says Kel Olam, not Kel Ha'olam, indicating that God and world are one thing. We need to constantly realign ourselves with that idea that we are not walking in a physical world. We are walking in a world where physicality is a manifestation of the Creator's constant creative powers. We are walking with Hashem from the moment we say the Modani in the morning. And we understand that God, our King, has returned our soul to us. He's standing at my bed. He's with me. He's waiting, not just to walk with me through the day, but to walk me through that day, bringing me things that he knows that are suited for my neshama, things I need in order to fulfill my mission in this world. And it's always connected to something else. Even when we're busy davening and we're busy studying, we need to plow the inspiration back into God's world because our mission is to make Kel Olam, to unite Hashem and Elokeinu, transcendent God and imminent God. Elokim has the same numerical value as Hateva, the nature, because the nature is just another creation of God with his intentions that we work through even though he's concealed and we find God in everything. So welcoming guests is greater than welcoming the Shekhinah. Avraham Avinu explains to us through his actions that in this world it's about taking care of others. And that's why our sages have put, as part of the morning prayers, something called Elu Devarim. These are the things that we need to be busy with in this world, that we will benefit from in this world and benefit even more in the world to come, which we call the time of Mashiach. We launch our day 
with amazing practical things. And what are they? Honoring parents, not because we think it's the right thing to do and therefore we feel so proud and important, but because Hashem said so. And it isn't always easy, and it isn't always pleasant, and it isn't always straightforward. But we do it as a mitzvah from the Torah. The second mitzvah, gemilos chasodim, extending kindness to others, giving people what they need, giving, extending. Then we have something called davening. It says, getting up early, and attending the house of lear- the the house of learning, Hashkomas space Hamidra Shachris, and doing it again in the evening. Well, number one, if you pray or you study in public, others will be inspired. If you join a minion, you empower others to be able to access the blessings and the presence of God that only come with a minion. When ten men daven together, they are able to bring down a certain transcendent blessing, which is there and hovering, which only comes down when there are ten people davening together, and people don't have to be um, au fait with Hebrew, they don't have to have a certain amount of learning or practice any other mitzvahs. The presence of ten Jewish men over the age of 13 constitutes a minion, and the minion brings blessing to all those who are present. Then we have the Elu Devarim continuing with hospitality, visiting the sick, as Hashem did at the beginning of the Parsha, because when you visit the sick, when you phone them, when you go and see them, when you inquire after their well-being, you actually, were told, take away a portion of their illness. We actually are able to heal people, even a little bit, through visiting the sick. Dowering the bride, launching someone in a new life, escorting the dead, giving dignity as someone leaves this world. And then again, prayer, and finally, bring, bringing peace between one man and his friend and between a man and his wife. And at the bottom, study of Torah. Because when we know where we're going, as Torah guides us, we'll have balance in God's world, whether it's in a revealed or a concealed situation, we will know the right thing to do. Wishing you a guten Shabbos and a guten Tomid. Don't forget, 6.08 this evening. That's when we light our Shabbos candles. Mashi Lipsker signing off at Chai FM.